This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 150-inch. On this episode, we travel back to 2011 and listen to my first interview with Weird Al Yankovic. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Weird Al you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Oh, wow. How much fun was it to talk to Ruben Valtierra over the last two episodes? Oh, Dave, it was so much fun. Ruben is always a blast to talk to, and he is certainly no stranger to controversy. <laughs> oh, indeed, that is true. Now, remember in part two of the interview, I asked Ruben about the ghost story he told in one of your old interviews with him? Oh, yeah, of course. Now, that was awesome to get to hear an update to that story from, what, Glenside, Pennsylvania? I love that. Yeah, me too. Well, it got me thinking... We still have a few more of your interviews to listen to, so what if, for our milestone episode 150-inch, we listen to your interview with Weird Al? Weird Al? That's a great idea, Dave! Oh boy, that was a crazy interview, and it almost didn't happen. But it did happen, right? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Alright, spoilers, Ethan, spoilers! Uh, I don't think you have to say spoilers. I mean, this happened over ten years ago. Well, just to be on the safe side. Anyway, what was the story? All right, well, so this was back in late 2011. This was after Alpocalypse came out. And I had been trying to get an interview with Al the whole time I was doing radio. This was probably, you know, three years into my college radio career. And uh, never was able to make it happen. And then he was coming to Albany, so I was able to get an interview through the venue because the venue is like, hey, we want to promote the show. So they're more likely to be like, yeah, we'll do the interview. So that, that was like kind of the angle I was able to get the interview. So it was scheduled for October 5th, 2011. And the morning of October 5th, 2011, I had rented a studio, like an actual like professional recording studio in Albany to record yeah. the Interview because I I was just a kid I, I didn't want to screw this up I you know I couldn't I didn't want to mess up the audio I think right it, you're it, talking to Weird Al I mean you you have to rent an official studio if you're going to do that I I was given ten minutes to do the interview and <laughs> okay I'm trying to think of what my setup was but unless I was doing an interview live on the air on the phone my way to pre-record interviews was pretty much put my phone on speaker and record that. And so it was like, it was really crappy. It didn't sound good. And so that's why I yeah. wanted to do it. I was like, I knew it was going to be a phone interview. I wanted it to be the best possible sounding phone interview. And I was a college student. It was not cheap to rent that out. So anyway, I wake up that morning and I have no voice. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> like the night before my, my throat was a little scratchy. So I was like trying to take it easy. I woke up that yeah. day, literally no voice. I could Barely oh my talk. gosh. And oh, I'm wow. Like, I've been trying to get this interview with Weird Al for years. I finally have it. I'm supposed to call him and it's not it's not gonna work. I was like so stressed out. So I got in touch with Jay Levy, who I was dealing with directly at that point, and I just said, you know, I feel horrible. This is you know, this is a huge thing for me and I just I can't do the interview today. And luckily Jay understood and he was 
you know, <laughs> I was I, I was for sure that I was never going to get to talk to Weird Al ever again. But right. what was also going to happen was what I would do on the college radio show is I would do the interview on my show with a, a comic or a performer, and then I would transcribe it and I would put it as a Q&A in the college newspaper just to give them extra promotion. So I was going to do that with this interview. So when... I said I couldn't do the interview. I said, but I could do an email interview with Al and I could still get that out into this week's newspaper. So, you know, by the grace of gosh, Jay let me reschedule the interview and he let me do the email interview. So I technically got two interviews out of it. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> which is kind of a, uh, you know, a good outcome. But at the time I was so nervous because I really didn't know if it was going to happen. But, you know, I'd obviously prepared quite a bit for the interview and so when it came time to send in my questions for the Q&A for the email, I took like all my best questions and I had to start over from scratch <laughs> <laughs> for the audio interview. But I did. I was able to get it rescheduled. I interviewed him officially nine days later. It was on October 14th. And the studio, I had done a little bit of work with them, some paid work with them. So they were okay to reschedule and they gave me a sweetheart deal so it didn't end up being too expensive good it was uh cotton hill studios so if you're a fan of king of the hill cotton hill is the name of (laughs) hank hill's dad um yes it had no relation i don't know where the heck they got their name but (laughs) yeah it it had nothing to do with actual character cotton Hill. i think they predated the show with the business so i got the interview recorded but the whole point was we were promoting al's upcoming tour date in Albany and my show was going to air I believe the night after Weird Al's show so oh no <laughs> I had to actually like promote the show because that was the whole point of the interview so I ended up getting my buddy Leon Ferry someone I'm still in touch with and he played my interview with Al on his radio show a few days before the concert oh, nice. so it did air there officially first and then I aired it on my radio show Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman on WCDB Albany 90.9 FM and Comedy Pipe Radio. But it, it was a lot of fun. I, I, was, I was so happy that I hired that studio to do it. And so they recorded it and they actually edited it for me. And I've seen Frank do audio editing and he is, you know, he's okay. But this yeah. guy, the guy who recorded it, Aaron, he went and he just like zipped around so fast. He edited the whole 10 minute interview in like five seconds. And Wow. It ended up getting cut down to closer to like eight and a half minutes. So I do have the unedited version somewhere, but this is the uh, the version where, you know, uh, you know, some of the gaps are, I don't even know what he did. <laughs> but So this is the version that aired that we're going to listen to today. All right. Well, Ethan, you sound really excited just talking about this interview. I cannot wait to actually hear it. So Ethan, can we please check this interview out? You're listening to Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman here on WCDB Albany. I've got the greatest guest ever on the show, Weird Al Yankovic. How's it going, Al? That, that is too much to live up to. How, how am I going to follow that? Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, whatever the pressure, you do. The pressure is killing me, man. <laughs> you know, I've interviewed Bermuda, Jim, Ruben, and Steve. So I think it's about time we do this interview. you, you got to complete the whole collection. That's right. Here we <laughs> the go. The collector set. All right. So my sources tell me that um, a couple of years ago, you were on a songwriting retreat and you wrote your first serious song in 15 years. Is there any chance we're going to hear that? Uh, I don't know. Um, 
that's up to the Hansons, I guess. I mean, I, 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 it wasn't a song that uh, I wrote by myself. I was just part of a uh, songwriting brain test trust. So it was like me and Taylor and a couple other people just kind of throwing out ideas. So, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't even remember what the song was, <laughs> but the, the whole experience was a whole lot of fun. I mean, you know, if, if Taylor Hansen ever invites you to a songwriting retreat, I highly recommend it. Okay. <laughs> now, is it is it tough, though? Like, could, could you sit down and write a song and not have it be humorous or funny in any way? It kind of is, because that's not really how my brain works. I mean, I, if for whatever reason, my my brain just kind of naturally twists things right. into odd shapes. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's... Kind of a different part of my brain to uh, to try to write, you know, a, a standard kind of pop song. I wasn't used to that. Now I know Ruben's uh, twenty year anniversary is coming up. Is there anything planned for that? Uh, no, not as such. I mean, I, boy, we should. Now that you mentioned, we should figure out when that day is because I don't know off the top of my head when that would be. So yeah, we should definitely, you know, have some kind of major yeah. celebration for that. <laughs> he said he's nervous. He's going to get tar and feathered again. Well, that, that, that's one of the options, certainly, yes. <laughs> so if someone was either going to buy the Comedy Central special or Alpocalypse HD, uh, which one should they go for? If you're on a limited budget, um, I would say probably, it, it depends. If they already have the Alpocalypse Deluxe Edition of the album, that means that they have uh, 10 of the videos already in the standard definition format. So mm-hmm. if they do, then I would certainly highly recommend get, get, getting those Comedy Central special because that means that you have the full uh, sh- uh, uh, concert show plus the Perform This Way and Polka Face videos and other right. stuff. So I, I think if, if you're only going to get one at that point, go for the uh, concert special. Okay. All right. I'm going to get both. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now I'm just... Curious, um, does your daughter understand just the, the, the like level of your fame? Does, does, does she understand that concept? Well, more or less. I mean, you yeah. know, she's been with me many times in public when, when people were approaching me and, and interacting with me, and she, she understands, I, I think, as much as she can, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> what my life is like. And, <laughs> and she, you know, she's very grounded and, and down to earth, and I don't, I don't think she's terribly affected by it in a, in a okay. negative way. I mean, she understands it. Um, you know, she's got friends who have, uh, you know, uh, famous parents, and, and, and it's just sort of like, you know, okay, this is what Daddy does for a living, and, and, you know, that's how it works. Right. Does she come on tour with you sometimes? Well, every now and then. I mean, I, my wife and I have a, a, a plan that we try not to go more than two weeks without seeing each other. Okay. So even when, when the tours are long, uh, and, and if, if I can't uh, you know, fly back to L.A. for a day or two, uh, they will fly out on the road with me. So uh, either a weekend or, you know, we try not to take my daughter out of school, but, you know, whatever makes the most yeah. sense, we have them come out for, you know, just a kind of a day or two to just kind of touch base and reconnect. And, uh, you know, cause I, I talk to them every day and I, I see them, you know, on Skype and FaceTime, but it's not quite the same thing as yeah. being there. Do you go to like PTA meetings or have her friends over? Do their parents just fawn over you? Not as such. I mean, you know, I, I live in LA and, and, right. and, you know, it's, it's not like so bizarre to, to see a celebrity and, and a lot of, um, you know, the, the people that go to my daughter, uh, my daughter's school or, yeah, you know, successful or, or famous or, you know, they, it's, it's not like uh, people lose their minds. <laughs> right. So, uh, <laughs> no, it, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's normal, but it's, it's certainly not that unusual. 
Now, you always record songs before you test them out on stage? Generally. I mean, I there, there might be an exception to that, but yeah, usually I would record it first before I would play it live. Does that ever create like a problem, like you wish that you could change something or go back? Well, on occasion, I mean, you know, if, if uh, a, a year after I, uh, we've been playing in concert, usually the band is so relaxed and we, we've, you know... Um, We've improved it a little bit, or we've we're more comfortable playing it. And probably, if we were to go back and re- and record it again, it probably would sound better than the original version. But um, you know, that's not an option at that point. But that's you know that <laughs> that is uh, something that I have to deal with because a lot of times, right. you know, uh, the first time I'll ever play something live will be like. On the Tonight Show, <laughs> you know, which was the case with White and Nerdy, I think that was the first time we ever played the song live. Was oh, like wow. you know, in front of millions of people, and it would have been nice <laughs> if you know if we'd done that at the end of a tour after we'd right. kind of gotten really comfortable playing right. it. But you know, a lot of times that's just not the way it needs to work out. Mm-hmm. Do you like Tofurky? Uh, yeah, I like it okay. I mean, right. uh, I, I'm vegetarian, so for I, Thanksgiving I that would probably be my meal of choice. Okay, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I like it. It's not bad. Yeah. So now with the uh, animated videos, how much like influence do you have on that, or do you just do you just give it to the the artist and let them do it? It, it depends. Uh, generally, I have very little influence on that. And, okay. and, uh, I, I have as much as they want me to have. I, I always offer my uh, support and say, you know, I, I'll be as involved as you want me to be. But basically, uh, these animators are people that I, I trust completely. Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's why I hired them. Uh, they're also, you know. You know, I'm not paying them top dollar. They're, they understand that, you know, the record industry has crashed and we're on a limited budget. <laughs> so part of the reason that they, uh, uh, um, you know, do it for below their normal rate is that I give them complete creative control. I let them, you right. know, basically do what they want. And, you know, if, if I were paying them their top dollar, <laughs> I'd be probably a lot more actively involved. But, you yeah. know, part, part of what they get for uh, for that is that, you know, I, I, leave, I leave them alone. Um, and so, sometimes, like I said, sometimes they welcome uh, guidance and, and uh, they run things by me and I help them storyboard. And other times it's literally, here's the song, let me know when it's done. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance you're going to go back and animate some of the uh, past original songs that you have? Probably not. I mean, I don't know really why I would do that at this point. Uh, mostly I just try to f- concentrate on on my current right. uh, stuff just because that's what we're trying to promote right now. And I, I certainly wouldn't have any objection to doing that, but it, there's just really not money in the budget to go back and start doing back catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly welcome any fans that want to put do their own animated videos to, to put them out there, and uh, I, I always love seeing those. Cool. I know we have to wrap up. I'm just wondering, how many interviews do you have to do a week? Is it tiring? No, not so bad. I mean, I, I try to save my voice when I'm not on stage, so I just try not to do too much. But uh, and it varies obviously from week to week. When I'm not uh, on the road or mm-hmm. promoting something, I generally don't do interviews at all. But you know, um, I, I can't even give you a good estimate of an average. I mean, yeah. it really <laughs> every day is different. <laughs> is there one question that you just always get? Yeah, the one question that I always get is, "What question do you always get?" Yeah, <laughs> it just drives me crazy. <laughs> It's a, a never-ending cycle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, Al, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. Uh, this is uh, quite an honor to have you on the show. Well, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Great. Well, I'll see you uh, in Albany. Very Sounds excited. Good. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Right, thanks. Bye. 
Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that interview with us, Ethan. There is so much great material in that interview. <laughs> but, you know, I really hope someday we get to hear that serious song that he wrote during the songwriting retreat with Hanson. That would be incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, so... You know, I I think I said like uh, I had a source, or I you know somehow I heard that you wrote this. I actually right. heard that from one of the Hanson brothers directly. Oh wow! I had interviewed Zach Hanson on my college radio show, and I knew that they were fans of Al because he directed the music video and stuff. And so I was asking him about Al, and he mentioned the songwriting retreat and the thing. So I was really excited to get to ask Al something that he probably had never been asked before. So it was really cool to to hear his response and i agree i would love to hear that well hopefully zach hansen still has a copy of that and maybe one day he'll (laughs) share it hopefully hopefully well as awesome as it was to listen to that interview that i did with al back in 2011 it sure will not beat that interview that we're gonna do with weird al on episode 2000 inch that you know, we did do a preview of about you know three three and a half hours of over four episodes on episodes one hundred twenty seven inch through one hundred thirty inch, but come on, Dave, it was not so bad for my first ever interview with Weird Al. You got to admit that. Well, I mean, if you want to get technical about it, it was not your first ever interview with Weird Al. The email interview that you did did predate that audio interview so technically the email interview was your first ever interview with weird al all right dave i uh, technically that is correct you are right do you still have that email interview if you do we could read it on the show well actually i do but well we'll just have to read it later on this episode because dave as we all know it's time for this week in weird al related news Shortly after episode 149-inch of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast dropped last Wednesday, Weird Al shared on his social media that after only 18 days, shooting on Weird, the Al Yankovic story, is now finished. I cannot believe they shot an entire film in just 18 shoot days. I am just so excited for this film, Dave. Me too. I cannot wait for the final product. I hope editing only takes like 18 days as well. Oh, yeah, that would be great. And, you know, in a couple weeks, we can finally watch it. Well, in other weird, the Al Yankovic story related news, the film's lead actor, Daniel Radcliffe, will be appearing on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon this Friday, March 18th. Now, we don't know exactly what the topic of discussion will be, but we do know that both Jimmy Fallon and Daniel Radcliffe are huge Weird Al fans. So given that and the timing of the appearance, We can only hope and speculate that the subject will quickly turn to Weird Al and the film. Yes, indeed. Let's hope so. And here's some exciting news. Rehearsals have started for Weird Al's upcoming unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. The news was confirmed when John Bermuda Schwartz posted a photo from the rehearsal over on the Facebook page of Ruben Valtiera, a.k.a. Rubemperer, a.k.a. El Maestro. And be sure to check out episode 25-inch guest Judy Tenuta's Facebook page, too, while you're at it, because she posted a really cute picture of her and Al together that was also taken at the rehearsal. Multimorphic, the company behind Weird Al's Natural Museum of Hilarity Pinball Machine, will be hosting a live gameplay reveal stream on Saturday, March 19th at 8 p.m. Burrito Burrito Time, 5 p.m., 
Hollywood Star Time. Be sure to tune in to twitch.tv slash buffalo pinball for the live demonstration. Oh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait to check that out. Weird Al will be appearing on a different podcast, the George Lucas Talk Show. This podcast is slated to air live tonight at 8 p.m. Burrito Burrito Time, 5 p.m. Hollywood Star Time at planetscum.com. Live. This episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two pound double wrapped in a quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant-based real food. Always vegan style. So visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Mmm. So I'm watching the news and I see this news story about William Shatner getting a sandwich at Rain's Deli in Vernon, Connecticut the other week. Real hard-hitting news in Connecticut. Wow, must have been a slow news cycle. Not like there's anything important going on in the world or anything. Yeah, so in this news story, they have a picture of William Shatner at the deli, and I couldn't help but feel like I've seen something in that photo before. Well, Dave, William Shatner is a legendary actor. He originated the role of Captain Kirk in Star Trek, and he starred in dozens of TV shows, films. He's released albums, released books. He even became the oldest person to ever go to space late last year in 2021. No, no, no. Of course I had seen William Shatner before. What I saw was a very familiar shoulder. Well, William Shatner's shoulder originated the role of Captain Kirk's shoulder in Star Trek and has been the shoulder seen in dozens of TV shows, films. The shoulder was part of the being that released albums, released books, and that shoulder even became the oldest shoulder to ever go to space late last year in 2021. Well, how do you know the other shoulder was not older? Anyway, I'm not talking about William Shatner's shoulder. Ethan, it was your shoulder. My shoulder? Yes! What were you and your shoulder doing in Rain's Deli in Vernon, Connecticut with William Shatner? Oh, we stopped for lunch. Why were we having lunch with William Shatner? We were hungry! Dave, you really need some common sense, man. Oh, come on now, you know what I mean. Spill the beans, why were you there with William Shatner? Okay, Dave, well, as some people know, my side job when I'm not working on the podcast is I produce live entertainment and I was producing a weekend of shows with Mr. William Shatner. And uh, I'll just tell you it all, Dave. I'll tell you everything. Because there are some Weird Al-related things that happened over the weekend. So, all right. So, Dave, our first show was in Concord, New Hampshire. And that was where we were driving from when we stopped at Rain's Deli. I didn't even know what the place was called until I saw the, <laughs> the news story. <laughs> anyway, so in, in Concord, it was really great. I got to meet Mr. Shatner for the first time. And one of his backstage guests was Tom Bergeron. Oh, yeah. Tom Bergeron from Dancing with the Stars and America's Funniest Home Videos. I love that guy. Oh, he's the best. It was so great. So I was backstage with them and, and Tom was there and his niece was there, the moderator. And I wasn't even part of the conversation at this point. And naturally, they just all start talking about how much they love Weird Al. 
Oh, how cool. <laughs> Are I, you sure you weren't part of that conversation? Are you I sure you didn't steer that conversation that way? I, like, I, I had, you know, said hi to Tom and his niece, and, you know, I, I spent a little bit of time with William Shatner, but I hadn't mentioned anything about Weird Al. I, I didn't say anything about Weird Al. I did have my 2,000-inch hat on, but that doesn't scream Weird Al unless you're, you're kind of in the know, unless you're kind of, you know, familiar with the podcast. So they start talking about how much they love Weird Al. It, it, it started because... They were talking about how great his TV show was, William Shatner's Raw Nerve, that interview show. And right. they were talking to some of the guests. And then um, someone brought up Weird Al. And, th- and then that's when they started talking about, like, oh, that was such a great interview with Weird Al. And, oh, I love Weird Al. I love seeing all of his updates about the movie on Instagram. He's so funny. Like, they were just going on and on. And so I just, like, I couldn't take it yes. anymore. So I was just like, I'm sorry to interject, but... I'm one of the world's biggest Weird Al fans, and I want to talk about him, too. <laughs> so I, I got to talk about the podcast a little bit and, and talk to them, and and uh, it was it was really cool to get to talk to Tom Bergeron and William Shatner and, and, and these people about Weird Al. Absolutely, yeah. And it wasn't even me bringing up the conversation, because I, I bring up Weird Al quite a bit, but this was totally... Totally not my doing. (laughs) So the next day, Mr. Shatner and I were driving from Concord, New Hampshire to York, Pennsylvania, which was like an eight or nine hour drive. And Uh yes, we stopped for lunch. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, a guy asked him for a photo. (laughs) And my my shoulder is in that photo and it made the news and went viral uh, in Connecticut for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) and uh we're driving in the car i mean nine hours in the car with william shatner i I feel like there are people who would pay a lot of money to spend nine hours in the car with william shatner absolutely and yeah i was i was getting paid to do that so so what did you guys talk about on your nine hour trip we talked about everything you know we we talked about different shows i'm working on different projects he's working on you know, he has some really great music albums that have come out, including ones where he's worked with Ben Fold. So, it, you know, it's really cool to get to ask him about that and and uh, cool. talk to him about other stuff and just, you know, everything, you know, everything and nothing. And, you know, sometimes we were just silent. Sometimes he was reviewing his book. We did take turns driving. I drove most of it, but he drove for a bit. But when he started driving, I said, hey, how about we put some music on? And uh, he said, oh, good idea. We should listen to Weird Al. Nice. <laughs> so like, Whoa. <laughs> like, I I obviously listen to a lot of Weird Al, but to people who are not huge Weird Al fans, I'm not going to force it down their throat and like be like, we have to listen to Weird Al, you know? <laughs> right. But he, it was his idea. So I was like, well, okay. Okay. So since we were already talking about him working with Ben Folds, I said, hey, how about we listen to weird Al song that ben folds plays on and it's a style parody of ben folds music so he's like oh great so i played him why does this always happen to me and he loved it he thought it was really great oh great so i played that but i guess i played it from the poodle hat album and it just started playing more songs from the poodle hat album so it wasn't before long until ebay came on right and ebay is the song that mentions I bid on Shatner's old toupee. So that sound came on. I was like, oh, this song mentions you. 
(laughs) (laughs) So wait, so you listened to eBay with William Shatner. What did William Shatner think about the toupee line when that came up? So, you know, I I gave him the, the preface that he's mentioned in the song and he was driving at this point. So... I, and he was wearing sunglasses, so I couldn't really get a, a good view of his face. But we're driving, and the line comes up. I point to the radio, and I'm like excited. And he just kind of nods and listens to it. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have like a a verbal reaction to anything. Okay. But after the song, he he said he really liked that song. He thought it was really fun. Oh, nice. Okay. So he wasn't offended. He didn't drive off the road or anything. <laughs> uh, but it was it was pretty surreal and. Uh, we did actually also listen to Genius in France, which mentioned Star Trek. So that was kind of fun to oh, have cool. that also mentioned. We listened to a couple and then, you know, we had to take a phone call or something. So we, we didn't get to listen to Weird Al the whole nine hours, but we did get to listen to a bunch. And, and uh, everything he heard, he seemed to really enjoy. So that was really fun. What an amazing experience getting to not only travel with someone as iconic as William Shatner, but sharing a moment with him and both of you listening to Weird Al together. How awesome, how pretty stinking majestic that is. It really was pretty stinking majestic. And it was also really cool because I got to see a couple of our fans and friends and supporters and stuff. Uh, I got to see Jeff McClelland, who we uh, have talked to on the podcast before. And yep. he came to the York, Pennsylvania show. So oh, nice. I got I met up with him after the show. He brought his friend Jeff McComsey, who happens to be an artist. And he is the guy who did that awesome Pittsburgh R2-D2 Strings Attached to her poster with Jeff. Oh, very nice. Awesome. I love that poster. Incredible. It was awesome. So it was really cool to get to meet him and, and hang out and chat with Jeff. And Jeff also brought me a special present. He baked me these incredible Weird Al cookies. And he did <laughs> post a picture of it on Twitter. And they kind of went viral. Weird Al liked it. Like, it was huge. So those cookies he posted ended up in my belly and they were awesome (laughs) i did i did say to him i was like i don't know if i should you know keep these or you know try and preserve them he's like i can always make you more so (laughs) jeff if you're listening i want some more because i ate them and they were great (laughs) we did concord we did york pennsylvania and then we originally were going to stay overnight in york and then go up to our last show in pittsburgh the next morning but after the show, he was all jazzed up. William Shatner was like, let's just go to Pittsburgh tonight, and then we can sleep in tomorrow instead of driving. So we're like, okay. Um, and it was a three-and-a-half-hour drive, so he's like, oh. And it was me, him, and then this time we also had our tour manager, Dave. His name is also Dave. I didn't even think of that. Dave and Ethan William Shatner, but it was the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we were driving there, and it was going to be three-and-a-half hours, and William Shatner was like, oh, I'll drive the first leg and then you guys can each do an hour after that. Well, that didn't end up happening because William Shatner <laughs> drove us the entire way, the three and a half hours to Pittsburgh. It took him less than three hours. Wow. <laughs> he was just flooring it the whole time. I was like, warp speed, Captain Kirk. <laughs> he was going over 100 miles per hour. It was amazing. I was scared for my life, but also really excited that I would have this amazing story. So it was great. We we then got to do the Pittsburgh show, and I got to see our friend, supporter, and fan, Jeremy Samples. So it was really great to oh, see him. Nice. Uh, and I know we'll probably see him a bunch on the upcoming tour. So 
uh, it was very cool and it was very surreal. And uh, I got to play William Shatner eBay for the first time. So that's kind of a, a feather in my cap, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's an incredible story. An incredible. <laughs> you like couldn't make that up if you tried. That's an incredible story. Thanks so much for sharing that with us, Ethan. Of course, of course, Dave. Yeah, my my crazy uh, side hustle there. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> okay. So uh, while I was traveling uh, the galaxy with with William Shatner, uh, I know you actually uh, were doing some fun stuff. What, what were you up to, Dave? Well, I don't know if I can top your William Shatner story, but I did actually take a little vacation myself. I spent a week in Las Vegas. Ooh, fun. Yeah. I mean, there's a few Weird Al-related things, I guess, happened on the, the trip. You know, I was kind of uh, just walking around, checking things out. It's been a long time since I've been there, over two years. Wow. And, you know, a lot has changed. Yeah, a lot has changed, you know, since I've been there. But And a couple of things I noticed is that there seems to be a lot more Weird Al-themed slot machines than there were the last time I was there. Really? Some of these might be a stretch. You know, they might fall in your Gloria Stewart category of if it, whether it's Weird Al-related or not. There's actually a machine dedicated to Madonna. Oh. And, you know, of course, Madonna, you know, besides the like a surging connection, you know, there's probably going to be something going on with Madonna in this upcoming weird, the Al Yankovic story <laughs> film, because, you know, you don't get someone like Evan Rachel Wood to play Madonna if you're not going to have a pretty significant role in the film, my uh, guess. Absolutely. Well, plus we know from the trailer that, you know, Weird Al dates and kisses her in the movie. So uh, <laughs> it'll at least be an iconic scene. <laughs> Yeah, so then there was another uh, slot machine, and this one you might think is a little bit of a stretch, but uh, there was a slot machine that actually had Drew Carey on it. Really? Was it a Drew Carey yeah. slot machine or Price is Right? Or uh, what was not it? quite. It was a Price is Right okay, slot okay. machine, but Drew Carey <laughs> was it was was featured on it. So, you know, that is sort of a Weird Al connection. Yeah, you know, he's, of course, in the It's All About the Pentiums music video, and, and he's mentioned in Couch Potato. Right, and he's been on the Weird Al show. There are a lot of connections yeah. between Drew Carey and Weird Al, yeah. You know, some slot machines have, you know, like cherries or bananas. Yeah. Yeah, well, there were several slot machines that actually had accordions. Really? As, you know, one of the, yeah, <laughs> one of the possibilities. Did you play any of these machines and did you win it big on any of them? I played the Madonna machine and I did not win on that one. And I've played the I've played the machines with the accordions before. I didn't play them on this time out there, but I've played those machines before. Oh, cool. You know, they're slot machines. <laughs> Very cool. I did take the opportunity to see some shows while I was out there, and at least one of them was sort of Weird Al related. Okay. And when I'm out there, I always see, and I always recommend these, go see Penn and Teller. Of I course. went to go see them. They were amazing. They're the best. Yeah. Go see Piff the Magic Dragon. Oh, nice. He's in a brand new theater. His show is absolutely amazing as well. And there's several others you know, that I recommend to go see. But there's one that I saw for the first time, and that is Michael Jackson's One by Cirque de Soleil. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, besides, you know, the Michael Jackson connection, you know, to Weird Al, so I won't get too much into the show but you know basically the show's about you know they 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 put dance to different michael jackson tunes so of course you know when they do that you know one of the songs they played was beat it you know how hard it was not to want to sing along to beat it <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I you must have been singing in your head at least <laughs> i turned to my wife jackie who was there with me and we were like they're playing the wrong lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> How cool would it be if there was a Weird Al Cirque du Soleil 
show. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> oh, I would love that. <laughs> Maybe after the pinball machine, next step will be the Weird Al slot machine, then followed by the Weird Al Cirque Day Soleil show. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, is there any other Weird Al related stuff? Did you go see if the book was at the pawn shop or anything? I did stop in the pawn shop and I did specifically look for the book and it wasn't there. Oh. But that doesn't mean it that doesn't mean it's been sold because they do often rotate, you know, what they have out <laughs> on display. I mean, at whatever cost it was last time we looked, it probably wasn't sold. <laughs> right. So I didn't specifically ask about it this time, but I did not see it. So okay. let, let me just okay. say put it that way. So it may may have sold, but probably not. They probably just rotated it out, you know, for different stocks. Right. So there is one more really cool Weird Al thing that happened while I was out there. You know, you know, later we're going to Las Vegas, the both of us, to go see Weird Al on the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. Yes, of course. I know that. So the place that he's playing in Las Vegas is called the Venetian. It's a big casino. And I actually went to the Venetian. As I'm walking through it, I noticed that they had up signage for the concert. Wow. Yeah. So there are several signs. I mean, they're they're electronic signs, so they're rotating through all the different acts that are going to be there. But, uh, you know, there was at least three different versions of the sign that I saw. That is so cool. Yeah, I took pictures with all of them, and I posted a few of them over on our official Facebook group, group.2000inch.com. So if you haven't seen those yet, go check those out. But we're going to have to definitely take a closer look at the Venetian when we're out there and see how many different advertisements we can find for these upcoming concerts. Oh, I remember last time I saw Weird Al in Vegas, it was for the Mandatory World Tour. He was playing Planet Hollywood, and there were flags and stuff on banners on the street, and oh, it was awesome. So I can't wait to see what kind of stuff is done even closer to the show. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I mean, Vegas really does everything overboard, so it's going to be really cool to see what kind of advertisements <laughs> they have for Weird Al. Well, Dave, it sounds like you had a nice vacation, and welcome back. Oh, thank you. You know, Dave... You may have been a tourist in Las Vegas, but that's not the only place to spend your hard-earned money. Because this episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also close to seafood. Darwin, Minnesota is only about a 33-mile drive from the nearest Red Lobster. Now you may wonder why someone visiting Darwin, Minnesota may want to go to a Red Lobster. Well, for one, all entrees at Red Lobster come with two warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Mmm, I love warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits, Dave. And you know what? I always get extra warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits whenever I go to Red Lobster. Extra warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits, you say? And how exactly does one get extra warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits? You know, not all of us are award-winning podcast hosts who happen to have interviewed Weird Al Yankovic, you know. Well, listen to this. That's the best part. Anyone can get extra warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Really? How? All you need to do is order... Extra warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying if I want six extra warm house-made Cheddar Bay Biscuits, all I need to do is order them? Yes. 
And if I want 12 extra warm house made Cheddar Bay biscuits, I can order that too? Yes. Okay, okay. But what if I want 27 extra warm house made Cheddar Bay biscuits? Can I order that? No. What? Extra warm house made Cheddar Bay biscuits are only available in multiples of 6 or 12. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next extra warm house made Cheddar Bay biscuit expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to... Whoa, 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 hold on a minute, Ethan. Weren't we going to read your first email interview with Weird Al? Oh, yeah! Okay, let's do it. Oh, wait. Do you want to play Weird Al or do you want to play me? I mean, come on. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> You're right. Of course you want to play me. Well, sorry, Dave. I'm me. That's not fair. Not fair? Uh, okay. How about we audition for the role of me? All right, fine. Let's do it. Okay. Let's both read the first Ethan part, and whomever does a better me will read my parts. Deal. All right, Ethan. You're up first. Are there any positive aspects of doing a show in Albany, New York? Whoa, nice job. All right, this is going to be harder than I thought. <clears throat> okay, here I go. Are there any positive aspects of doing a show in Albany, New York? Whoa, Dave, that, that was incredible. Yeah, I sort of surprised myself there. All right, well, I think that settles it. I will play you, and you will play Weird Al. Let's do it. Are there any positive aspects of doing a show in Albany, New York? Yes, they will be paying me. Oh, and I understand there will be a seedless watermelon backstage. Would you give yourself permission if you wanted to parody one of your originals? Absolutely. It would be an honor. It would mean I've finally made it. Which tracks from Apocalypse deserve to be on your next Greatest Hits album? Every single one. In fact, I'm considering just re-releasing Alpocalypse next year as Greatest Hits Volume 3. Did you have any alternate album title ideas for Alpocalypse? Sure, I've got a notebook full of album title ideas, but I don't want to give any away. You'll just have to wait. Have you ever performed stand-up comedy? Not as such, no. I've done comedy specials for MTV and VH1 and done various bits and sketches over the years, but I was never in the trenches doing the nightclub scene as a stand-up. How many times do you listen to a song before you finish writing a parody? 237. Do you recreationally listen to any of the songs you've parodied? I try to avoid that, actually, because I'm afraid that might mess me up on stage. I might start singing the real words by accident. Do you know all the lyrics to all of your songs from memory? Oh, no. I'm lucky if I can remember all the words to the songs in my current tour. When you're writing a song, do you consider how you would perform it on stage? Not generally. The songs always have to work on their own merit, and I have on a number of times written songs that are virtually impossible to perform live. On occasion, though, particularly if I know I'm writing the lead single for an album, I may have the music video in mind while I'm writing lyrics. Did you have to make any changes to your live show specifically for your Comedy Central special? which is now available on DVD and Blu-ray. When I was putting together the set list for the Alpocalypse Tour earlier this year, I already knew that it was going to be a Comedy Central special and DVD slash Blu-ray, so I only wanted to have songs in the set list that I knew I could clear for broadcast and release. 
That's a big reason why, say, my unapproved James Blunt parody, You're Pitiful, is no longer in the live set. That's also why I pulled Dare to be Stupid, even though it's a fan favorite. It was featured on my previous live DVD in 2000, and I wanted to make the new live show as different as possible. Will we ever see a rarities album of your difficult-to-acquire-legally songs? I highly doubt it. That stuff is out there, though, so if you're tenacious enough, you can pretty much find everything I've ever done in my life online. You're releasing a Blu-ray version of Alpocalypse on November 8th. Is it really a good idea to watch the video for Perform This Way in HD? It depends if you want your nightmares in HD or standard definition. Wow, Ethan, that was so much fun. Thank you for sharing that email interview with us. Of course, Dave. I was always skeptical doing email interviews because you never know if it's the publicist or someone else answering the questions. But I think it was pretty obvious that that was, in fact, Al who answered everything in that email <laughs> interview. <laughs> absolutely. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, and Jackson Scoggins. Our podcast is also supported by everyone in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend-level Patreon supporters, Adriana, Zeb, Scott, UH Jeff, Javier, Kenneth, Jake, Blair, Jared, Allison, Frank from the Bank, and also thanks to our new supporter, Mark, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly, wacky Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast and access to secret episodes. Plus, you can learn how to become a sponsor of the podcast. How cool. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. Our new line of We Hate Intern Frank merchandise makes a great gift for Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message in a future episode. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you're there, click on Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episodes for our special bonus episode book series, where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're subscribed because it not only helps the podcast, it also pairs very nicely with warm, house-made Cheddar Bay biscuits. Thank you once again to our guest making an appearance from Ethan's Archives, Weird Al Yankovic. Also, thank you to Ethan Allman, Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Allman, WCDB 90.9 FM, Comedy Pipe Radio, Leon Ferry, the former Cotton Hill Studios, Jay Levy, and the Albany Student Press. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And I guess we'll thank Weird Al Yankovic again, as his podcast probably would not exist without him. 
And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. Oh, Ethan, can you do me a favor and text William Shatner for me? Uh, I mean, I'd rather not. Uh, What do you want me to text William Shatner? Oh, I just really want you to ask him who he likes better. What? Who he likes better? What do you mean? Well, I just really want to know, does he like Kirk or does he like Picard? That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 150-inch. Now, controversy-free. If Taylor Hansen ever invites you to a songwriting retreat, I highly recommend it.